everybody? It's your boy, Cousin Oz, the People's Mailman, back for another episode with Cousin Tony the Architect. For those of us who watched the NBA in the 80s and 90s, you either love this intro because you were about to watch your favorite player, Michael Jeffrey Jordan, the GOAT, his airness, dominate on the floor that night. Or you were absolutely terrified because you knew your favorite team was about to get trashed by Michael and the Bulls. And since I was a Sixers and a Barkley fan, man, I knew I was in for a long night when I heard that damn song. Either way, it remains the most iconic team introduction of all time. Now, our next guest knows a thing or two about Jordan, and his 4,000 cards of MJ are proof positive that he's more than just a casual fan. So let's talk hobby with Mr. NBA collector himself, John the Basketball Card Guy. Man, I love this game. Hey, yo, Tone, take it away, cuz. <laughs> All right, all right, Cousin Tone, our next guest has combined my two favorite passions, collecting and basketball, and he's become one of the most recognizable faces in the hobby. I can't wait to hear about his crazy cards, his crazy memorabilia, and an even crazier setup to display all of his hobby goodness. So enough of my mouth. Let's get to the man of the hour, John, the basketball card guy. Welcome, John, to the Cousins Collectibles podcast. How are you doing Thanks, on this guys. fine evening, sir? I'm good. I'm good. I'm excited to be here. Listen, man, I'm looking at your background, bro. Uh, you know, first things first, we got to talk about the display. So we were on your Instagram and we seen your preview. I guess you just moved from what I yeah. can understand. Yeah. So, I mean, your display before was sick, but now I'm even looking at it. This one is even sicker. So give me just give us a breakdown of what you got going on back there. Yeah. So it's under development. You guys are the first ones to see it in the new space. Nice. So like literally took hours today to put it together. I'm like, I got to have something here that's, you know, you know finally put together but um yeah i had a whole custom uh shelf that's made along with display cases for the cards so i wanted something to feel like i had like a showcase like a store would have like if i was mm -hmm. in my lcs mm -hmm. but at the same time in my old house i had a huge storage issue where like i had no place to store boxes and stuff so the coolest thing about this setup is you see all the displays across mm -hmm. but okay they open up and they have storage inside. Oh, so, so, so you and just I, got and I boxes upon boxes inside. So first you, you, yeah. you could see the cards out front. Those are display cases. And they have all your bangers, your singles. Yep. And that then you can awesome. just open it up and then you got your boxes. And it was specifically sized to fit the boxes that we all have, those shoe oh, boxes, wow. the two yeah. rows. So I built it. You know, I, had, I designed it out. I drew a sketch of it and I had a carpenter come and just... <laughs> make it um and it was just awesome like it really like it just it took up every inch of space possible mm -hmm. you know to get the stuff right and i i was like i literally I just, we built it in january of last year <laughs> and then i'm like it's a year later and i'm like i can't just leave it in the house oh, no, telling. No. <laughs> this has to come with um and so we 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 disassembled it and reassembled it here say, so the, the top piece that's not all one piece is it you had to no so so the top piece is this reclaimed wood it's this beautiful live edge um something i picked out at a mill in connecticut there's this oh, wow. wood mill it's just awesome sawmill it's just just a sick piece of wood and so they stained it for me and so i brought that was the inspiration behind the whole thing i wanted just something like natural and cool looking um okay. on the topic of the house though I have to put this video together. It's not together yet. But um, when we were doing the home tours and the real estate sale, people, you know, they come in to open houses. They come in to tour your house. 
no one knew that that room was there. Right. And so you have like, I mean, if we're honest about it, it's usually like if you've got a man and a woman in a relationship looking for a house, it's usually the lady that's excited about the home, you know, and pulling the husband around and being like, this is what we're going to, Oh, look at the kitchen. It's beautiful. So I had cameras throughout my house because of security fences. And I had a, I had a couple of cameras, obviously, in, in the card room for, mm-hmm. you know, security, security reasons as well. The reactions from the guys when they hit that room, it's like they're sleepy in the whole rest of the house. Yeah. And all of a sudden, it's like, oh, we need this house. Yeah, this is the and one. They, they all the saw one. the shack shoe. That was like now the, that. That's a 22, size right? 22. Yes, yeah. size 22 shack shoe. I, I mean, like. They were all like, what? And, and they all knew who it was immediately. They saw yeah, the pump yeah. and it was like, oh my God, you know. You so, the pump too. <laughs> um, so I swear, Shaq's, Shaq helped me sell the house. Yeah, I yeah. like, now those, all the sneakers you have, they're all signed, right? Yes. All the shoes are signed. Not all of them are like game worn. A couple mm-hmm. are. Um, some of them are player issued, like they, like game issued, like they had them there. Mm-hmm. Like they, the, uh, I don't know, other Tyler heroes I have over here uh, okay. were from back when he was in Kentucky. Those were game issued shoes that he signed. Um, you can't, they're actually like Kobe shoe. I'll grab them real quick. <laughs> yeah, that this is crazy, man. This is like you buy you're setting the bar super high here. Yeah. Oh like, no, totally. So like so these are like these are the Kobe's, right? Oh, and man. so you could not get these shoes, you cannot buy these shoes in the store with the UK logo on them. Wow. Okay. They were only given to the players, specifically Tyler Hero in this case, and you can see his numbers written on the back. There. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um and so he signed that one here uh, in silver. Um, so That's I got this from my buddy uh, Jimmy in the Kentucky Roadshow uh, in a trade. I did a card trade. I had a Tyler Hero card that he had been looking for for the better part of a year. And um, and he was making like a, a, a subset. And he was like, he's like, dude, I, I need that card. Like, let's figure out something. So he's trying to put together cards and stuff. He goes, forget about cards. I know exactly what you want. I'm like, oh, okay. And I didn't even know these existed, but he's like, you know, he's like, uh, I have two pairs of these. You're, you're getting one. I'm like, wow. all right, this sounds perfect. So <laughs> added it to the collection. But That's super um, dope. So John, you got to yeah. tell us, man, tell us about your journey. How, how did you come, you know, you got all of this. You're the basketball card guy. And we always talk about origin stories. Now you don't have to get in all, you know, way specific, like sure. when you were two years old collecting, you right. know, Michael Jordan's, but you know, just give us a brief synopsis of, where you were, how you got to where you're at, and and what you collect, you know, what's your PC sure. looking like? Yeah, so I mean, it did start out when I was a kid, um, but the real turning point for me was my first job was at a card store when I was 14, my first retail job. So I was the like the night manager. I closed up the shop oh, at nice. night in Mount Kisco, New York, Westchester County. Um, for for those of you that have been to New York shows, it was very close to the White Plains show that everyone talks okay. about in New York. So I worked in that store for a few years. Uh, never took home a paycheck at all, went into buying cars. So I feel like it's like, what, what are you going to yeah. do? It was great. Yeah. I think my parents didn't like that idea, but I, it just, you know, whatever. It was great. How are you going to um, have a job and not make no money? Right, exactly. <laughs> uh, when I went to college, I, I started doing some web design stuff. I was also in media uh, in general and video production and things. And um, so I built a website for a local card shop up in upstate New York. Um, so I kind of dabbled there. There was kind of a hint of what the future might hold. And then I continued, I just continued to collect on the side and everything I was doing. So uh, I worked in New York City for a few years, uh, almost 10 years, you know, in a consulting firm. And I was doing the, you know, I was doing the business thing on on one side. And then mm. 
this was my, you know, place to relax and just kind of continue the collection and, and really not no intention to sell anything. Like just, I was just amassing a collection that I enjoyed. It was a way to escape, you know, kind of the, the daily stuff. Flash forward to uh, about maybe six years ago, five, six years ago now, I decided, you know, I've been to so many of these card shows, I could set up at a card show. Why not? You know, so I started setting up at the card shows. I had a different name originally. I was called NBA Trader was my original name. And then I decided not to let that go too long because I didn't want, I didn't want the NBA getting mad at me for using NBA in something. Um, so everyone at the show that I went to, every time I set up, it was almost like, almost like it was kind of like a, a, a bash on me. They would always go, Oh, that's the basketball card guy, you know, like, <laughs> like what bad thing. he only has basketball, like what a moron. And mm. six years ago, like, it's a very different market than it is today. Like six years ago, basketball was not the highest values, you know? Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, I looked like the moron. Yeah, but... it was all vintage baseball. Right, exactly. People wanted, <laughs> and, and they wanted the modern stuff too. Yeah. But like, just, they were like, why wouldn't you have some football in your case too? That and too. I'm like, because I don't watch it. I'm not into it. Like basketball is what I love. So that's what I collect. I don't, you know, like, mm -hmm. why wouldn't I have all basketball? I don't yeah. know. So, um, and so that's kind of what led me here. I, I, you started an Instagram back, you know, five, six years ago and, uh, and just started posting, you know, my, my collection and always willing to help out, like answer any questions. A lot of folks that were jumping into things, especially in the last couple of years, trying to collect 90 stuff and like, so confused over what they were looking at. And so I always happy. I answer every DM. <laughs> You know, like, and I, and I just, and I'm very, as you guys saw too, like, I'm very responsive. Yeah. I want to help out because I remember when I was living it, both when I was a kid and even when I was older, if there are just certain things that you don't have or there's that you just, you want to have that input. And so I created a website around it, basketballcardguy.com. Um, I started selling a few items out of my collection. It was mainly like if I had six autographs of one guy, I would either pick the most expensive one that I felt like maybe I didn't really need or my least favorite. And I would toss those up on the site and they were all cool. Cause I mean, I bought them at one point. I love them when I bought them, you know? Mm -hmm. So, and then I just took that and I put it into other cards. So the last uh, two and a half, three years, I haven't put a single dollar in oh, wow. that didn't come out of something else that was already in it. Um, so I had a very different experience than a lot of people that kind of jumped in in the last two, three years. Yeah. I, I, in hindsight, like if I were into it for the money, like I could have made a ton had I been putting money into it, oh, right. you know, I was just like very careful about, no, no, I got to sell something else. Cause I want to buy that. Yeah. yeah. And it, you know, and so, um, cause look for me, it's always been a hobby. It's always a hobby first. And, yeah. um, yeah, it's just a ton of fun, but you were being fiscally responsible as well. Exactly. Yeah. No, I wasn't pulling money. I didn't have. Yeah. That, that's it, that's the way to do it, brother. That's the way yeah. to do it. So yeah. what would you say? I mean, I can see a ton of stuff, you know, different players and things, but like, what, what's your main PC? Like who, I know you said you started out with Michael Jordan, which most yeah. of us did. And then, uh, you know, where did you branch off from Jordan, that? Jordan was always the big one for me when I was young. I, I remember sending in pictures to Beckett magazine, you know, and mm -hmm. I never got selected because everybody collected Jordan. So right, it wasn't right. that unique. <laughs> but I have about 4,000 Michael Jordan cards. I mean, that's, mm. that's where the collection stands today. Most of those are lower dollar, obviously. Um, but I do have, you know, some high end, you know, mm -hmm. I'm sure you do. You know? I'm sure you do. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and that's, that's still the, like kind of the bread and butter 
you know, fun stuff that I love. Yeah. Kobe Bryant was one that I collected his rookie year in 96. He and Allen Iverson, like, collected a ton of them um, because that was really my peak year of collecting. I was working yeah. in the store, spending every cent on cards, you know, and just, <laughs> you know, and stuff was cheap then. You yeah. know, I, I remember yeah. all of that really well. Um, Listen, a lot then, of people don't like Allen Iverson. So if you would just want to get rid of those, you can, <laughs> you know, I'll take them off your hand. I've heard, I've heard that. No, <laughs> it's funny. Like, so I met him like three times in the last four times in the last year. Really? Um, he's yeah. been doing a lot of events yes, and he, he was doing signings and he was at the national. And mm -hmm. so I was at the parties at the national that he was at. And I was, um, backstage at the, uh, at, at one of the autograph signings he was doing as well. Mm -hmm. Um, and, it's just, it's so interesting. He's hit or miss too. Like he yeah. has some days where he's like, he is the man. He's just fun to hang out yep. with. And then there's days where you clearly see he does not want to do this yeah. right now. Yeah. Um, I'm sure that's for, for all of us. We all have days like that. Right, right, right. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's just, what a cool, like for me, and I, I started thinking about like, what do I want to have signed? And I went, started thinking through like, what cards do I have that are in my collection that would be cooler if I actually got them signed? And mm -hmm. so- um, I started down that line and got a few things that were really neat. Um, the Dunkin' Go Nuts actually was nice. was one that that Golden actually picked up on, and they posted something and said, "This is the coolest oh, was that yours? Are they have ever seen? Like it just oh, that, looked cool. so dope." Tony has you know? one. You got a you got a ten, right? I have a ten, and that that thing and it's immaculate. I the, when I bought it, the guys like, "Look, this thing is as good because they they're known for their yellowing." Yeah. And I have it in the dark. I have it in the darkest place, and I'm scared. In the dark. Yeah, yeah, I have it in the dark, and every once in a while I crack it. And I'm looking. I'm like, it is sweet. That that set is to me is fire. I haven't the '90s basketball. I grew up on that. We Oz, we both grew up on that. And to me, there's there's a steep learning curve. I haven't gotten there yet. That once I finish, kind of what I'm doing with Roberto Clemente is that's where I, I can see myself going. But I'm gonna have to go to you know, hobby school, hobby, hobby night school. Like that. Yeah, that's that's what that. we got John for. Exactly. Yeah, no, I can help yeah. you guys out. Did you yeah, complete the set? I know I seen on your website, you were looking for two more. I think like Tracy McGrady or somebody else for that. Yeah. It's uh, the big one right now is Vince Carter. Vince Carter. I don't have in that set. Um, yeah. I think I'm missing four right now out of the 20. Okay. So I need to track that better when I'm at shows. Like I'll remember like one card I need, but then not all of them. And then I kick myself after I'm like, oh, I could have done it. doesn't matter. I'm in no rush. Like yeah. that's the thing. Like I, I feel like collecting when you start to rush with stuff like that, either you're going to stress yourself out, which is like the antithesis of having a hobby. Like yeah. why would you be stressed right. about your hobby? Right. Um, or you make stupid decisions and you pay way too much. Like, right. You know, oh, I just got to finish the set, so I'll pay three times what it's worth. It's yeah. Like, why? And then, then you have the set completed, and then you're going to remember, like, I was an idiot. I just paid yeah. Well, you know what happens worth. is a lot of the people that just came in, you know, they took a break, they collected as kids, they came back because of COVID or whatever reason, yeah. and then it's the FOMO. And when the the you know, when it was going up and everything was hitting its peak, everybody's like, oh my god, if I don't get it now, I'm never going to be able to afford it. So then everybody, right. all the money's coming in, and it's just flying. Everything's coming off the shelves. You couldn't find wax anywhere. Yep. So that's what it was. It was just that FOMO was at an all time fever pitch. And now it's like everybody's like, wait, wait, wait. You know what? We could take our time. It's not a sprint. You know, it's exactly. a marathon and it's a hobby. So, like, let's have fun doing it instead of, you know, being stressed out and, and trying to figure out, well, if I get this today, maybe I could sell it for, you know, five times tomorrow. And, and, and you're going like way beyond what you need to be doing. It's like, yo, just chill. chill. 100%. So, John, I saw a, a good portion of your PC is made up of raw cards. So, yeah. 
does condition matter when you're picking these cards up or is it about getting the card into it's your collection? condition absolutely matters uh okay. it, it's funny because a lot of folks they they're like oh you don't grade so do you just not care like mm-hmm. can you just have a card bent in half and it's like no <laughs> I, I it's just i have two eyes just like the graders do and as long as I can see the card in person, I mean, it's different on the internet. There's a little bit, there's a little bit harder time there where I do at times favor a graded card on the internet. Cause at least I know a third party has looked at it mm-hmm. and weighed in. But if I'm going to a show, I would much rather have a raw card, um, okay. you know, that I look at, I get to see it. I can examine it better when it's raw too. Cause if it's in like a mag, you can take the top off and you can take a look, right. you know, like, so I, I feel more comfortable buying cards that are raw when I'm in person with them. Um, they also cost less. I mean, <laughs> why pay the grading tax on something that, yeah. you know, it's just that kind of, I never understood that. Um, and protection wise, you know, there's been a, and I did a whole video on this a few years ago, but uh, on YouTube, but protection wise, like UV rays are the killer of these cards. You know, we, we were just talking about the Dunkin' Donuts a, a minute ago, like, that's one that's yellowing because of that. If you look at the 90s refractors, they turn green or people call it hulking. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that is mainly driven by UV. And the cases through, as far as I know, through all the grading companies, just because of the way it is, they have some UV protection in the plastic that they've made, but that protection can only last so long. You know, and so one of the grading companies, I forget which one it was, but they had mentioned at one point that it's about five years that that lasts. Oh. So if you start to think about that, if you graded a card five years ago and you're taking it to show or you're putting it on the shelf now and you're like, wait a minute, is that autograph going to fade or is it going to change colors? Because you can see like Kobe Bryant's Chrome Rookie. You'll see some that are, you know, PSA 10s that are hulking now. They're not 10s anymore, (laughs) but that changed while it was in the case. Mm -hmm. So, So sometimes like I always tell people like even if you're buying a graded card, you need to look at it. You need to like look really close and treat it like a raw card. Also, not all grades are equal. You know, if you're buying an eight, like I'm satisfied with a with an eight PSA, BGS, you name it, SGC, any of them. If I look at it and the qualities of the card match what I'm looking for, like I'm a stickler for centering. The card's off centered. It and the corners are perfect and the edges are fine, blah, blah, blah. The surface is great, but it's off centered. Like an eight would bother me. I, I wouldn't want to look at the card. It just is, wouldn't look yeah. right. Yeah. Whereas if it's like if, if just the edges are a little bit off or something that is not apparent when you're looking at the card, mm-hmm. I don't mind buying an eight, you know. So okay. so two uh two two things that popped in my head. So with the so you have, you know, obviously you have your cars displayed and some of them are in mags. Penny sleeve in the mag or no penny sleeve? It depends on the size of the card and it depends on if the autograph is on the card Um, for me, like the immaculate cards, there's a penny sleeve. I put on the front of it in between so that the autograph doesn't rub off on the surface. If it's a card that has like a sticker autograph already, I'm not like a stickler for that. Uh I usually just put it in a mag without the, the piece on the front. It just depends how sticky the autograph is. And that's right. usually determined by the surface of the card that it's on. Okay. Um, it's also sometimes the marker that they use. Like they're supposed to use, like these are the standard, like the Stadlers. Yeah. Like this is what Panini sends out. And this is like the kind of go-to kind of autograph uh, pen marker that, that, okay. that you see. That I had nearby, which is great. So the ones I bring to shows are usually blue, but they're the Sharpie Extreme Fade Resistant. 
this is a big and it says it's exactly what it sounds like right Mm -hmm. um this is a marker is an ink that's been developed so that it doesn't fade over time wow Uh, it's also stickier so if (laughs) if you're getting like a finest card sign or anything Mm -hmm. with a chrome finish to it a regular sharpie will bubble this doesn't um it also dries faster so it doesn't smear. So what did you use on that Dunkin' Donuts? Was it that? Stream fade resistant blue. Nice. Yep. And that's why it was so bold and didn't bubble at all. And it stuck Beautiful. perfectly and it's that's not rubbing, awesome. you know, like, so that's really, um, that, but that's the kind of thing, like I talk about this more often than not with some of my friends, but mm-hmm. my good friends, David was going out. He, he's a big uh, Clyde Drexler co- collector. And he was getting mm-hmm. to meet Clyde for the first time at a show. And he went overboard. I think he bought 12 autographs and like six inscriptions, right? (laughs) And so he's asking me like, well, what marker should I use for each card? And I said, dude, bring your own markers, but test them first. Like literally find cards that are similar to the cards you're going to get signed. Same kind of paper stock and stuff. Sit there yourself, scribble on them, see how it looks. Because the last thing in the world you want is to bring like a $100 card or a $300 card or something. And he was bringing like a star rookie uh, of uh, Clyde Drexler's the XRC it's like you want that to come out right yeah, you don't yeah. want to have a situation right. where it's ruined yeah um and yeah I- I'll give you guys actually a separate story on that sure. one of my favorite autographed items ever is staring at me here it's this um mm-hmm. so this was the oh. EX2000 promo that went wow. out to stores so oh, when I was working funny. in in uh, Westchester County back in the day the store they, they were actually all numbered on the back too you can see their serial oh, number wow. oh, nice. back down there but these these were sent out when the first EX came out. Like they were promoing this set, which became legendary. So is that an eight by ten? Like what? Yeah, it's a it's about eight by ten. Uh, maybe a, it's a little bit smaller in one dimension. I'm just thinking like a piece of paper, but it is roughly an eight by ten. And this was just it's a card that I had for years. It has the clouds that you can see through. Like I probably grab a light here yeah. behind it. You can yeah, it's like one of my favorites. Yeah, you know, just an awesome jumbo. So I had this sitting on my shelf for years. And last year I had the opportunity to meet Grant Hill and I was like, this is what I'm getting signed, you know? (laughs) So, so he signed it in white paint pen. Again, another selection where I spent a lot of time thinking about it. Yeah. But the part of the story that's really interesting is it was a book signing. He signed this. He then signed a book with a marker. He -hmm. put the book on top of this and all the paint smeared. Oh, Like, like the card looked ruined. And we had just, spent two minutes talking about how cool it was that i kept this all these years so you could see his face and my face at the same time i have this on video i have to pull the clip of it but it's like you could see like we're both like i can't believe this just happened but he was quick to act he said wait it's smeared off do you think if we got a tissue could we wipe the whole thing off yeah and so we they grabbed a staff member he grabbed the tissue he wiped it off and then he re-signed it that's somebody that cared about the collector you know who, who understood that the importance of this wasn't just like getting an autograph that day, you know, yeah. I wasn't going to go sell it. It's going to be in my collection forever, you know, wow. like, and so it was kind of a neat thing there too. Gotcha. So always know your markers, always test out ahead of time. <laughs> yeah. I, I literally just had that conversation with a friend of the show, the commissioner, he's going to the flyers carnival in a, in a few uh, months and he wants his, it's a specific card he wants signed, but he's, he's in a, in a form and he's like, hey, if anybody has, I think it's 2012 Young Guns or something like that. He's like, junk ones. I don't care what they are. Please yes, send a test. To, just, I just want to test them. I have a bunch of markers. And so, I, I, like I said, I literally just had that conversation today. And Oz, before I kick it to you, so with the with the mag, because that's something I've talked to a lot of people with the penny sleeve. You'll just put it 
the penny sleeve on top of the card and then close the mag over, not put the card in the penny sleeve. Cause sometimes they don't, depending, some of them do fit, some of them don't, but you just, yeah. So pro mold and... came out with one. So yeah. pro mold was, I believe actually the inventor of those mags originally. And then ultra pro kind of came in and took mm -hmm. it. I I'm fairly certain. Uh, and pro molds a U.S. company, which is great too. If you yeah. support the U S companies. Yeah they started selling one with the penny sleeve in it. That's mm -hmm. bigger than the card. Like that, yeah. that the opening is right. larger than the card. Um, that's an important distinction. If you have a regular mag, like an ultra pro mag, mm -hmm. a 35 point, yeah. and you're trying to put the <laughs> card in the penny sleeve and jam it in there, you're probably going to damage your card. Mm -hmm. um, so make sure it's designed for that first. Otherwise, yeah, just putting the, the sleeve on the front, of the um the card and then you're just laying it on top of that yeah it's good pretty much anyone that makes the sleeves now is is doing that no acid based covering so it it helps just preserve that and you don't have to worry about the autograph rubbing right. off now when, when you're buying raw real quick piggybacking off of that like yep. fake cards you know how, how good are you at detecting this i'm obviously if you're, you're buying raw all the time you're going to shows you probably have a lot better knowledge than the regular joe schmo but like how, how do you go about that I mean, I know most of the stuff. If there's something that like I'm on the borderline on where I can't detect, I usually know somebody else that I can reach out to. You don't buy anything you're not 100% sure on. I mean, it's, it's just the rule of thumb. And if something is priced extremely low, like realize there's probably something wrong with yeah. it. I mean, it's just like anything else in life. It's not, yeah. you know, I think a lot of people that go out to those kinds of shows and they, they find something like that. They're like, Oh, I'm putting one over on the dealer. It's not, <laughs> not likely, you know, it's not likely, it, you know, and, and if it's sitting in a case and it's got a price on it, other people have passed on it. So there yeah. might be a reason why, you have know, you, have you ever gotten uh, scammed by anybody or you've been lucky? I've gotten scammed online um, before. Sure. Um, there are a whole bunch of scoreboard, buyback cards that mm -hmm. ran rampant on ebay for a while uh, a lot of kobe bryant autographs um that were no good and then the one in particular that i got was a scotty pippen hmm. and the autographs look like dead on <laughs> i mean if you were authenticating the autograph and you just you just looked at the autograph you would say yeah that's likely real i mean that would it would pass psa bga i mean you look at the autograph the autograph looks perfect I think someone was doing it with an auto pen, like literally a machine holding a marker that was, yeah. you know, yeah. had a perfect autograph that they were running off of. And so, yeah, I mean, they, it looked authentic to add to that. They, they put an embossing um, logo, the scoreboard logo on, which apparently came out of when they, there was a bankruptcy back in the day and these stamps got out. <laughs> so you combine these two things. And if you look at the card on its own, if you just looked at the autograph, you would say, oh, yeah, that's likely real. But then when you see the scoreboard uh, logo in it, that's when it was like, ah, this is not real. You know, like, so, um, so that was the tip off to me when I had it in hand. Actually, I'll show you another one, too. I got from a vendor who I, I actually told him that, that this particular one wasn't real. Yeah, I'll show this one to you guys because it's even more ridiculous. But it just shows that some of these things get out there. Yeah. And um, 
And that's the thing. If, if you don't know what you're looking at, and like you said, if it looks legit, you, you some people could just totally bypass the score, <laughs> yeah. you know, and looking at, you said, the autograph, the emboss. If you just like, look at some elements, yeah. you're not, yeah, you're not seeing the whole picture. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't think you're an official member of the hobby until you get scammed at least once. Exactly. <laughs> so, so that's like, the, it, uh, I, no, I mean, so this is one, this is a famous card too. I haven't posted this on Instagram yet. I need to because it's just, it's amazing. This vendor, he offered it to me for $125, which I think is the going rate that they go for. Mm -hmm. It was a Skybox dual autograph, Magic Johnson and Jim Kelly. What an interesting oh, wow. combo, wow. right? <laughs> right? Weird, you know? Um, but uh, unfortunately, while the card is authentic, it was the autographed card. I mean, here, I'll show you here. This is the front. Right. This is what they look like, Magic Johnson. Yeah. And here's the Jim Kelly. Right? Okay. You will quickly recognize that that is not Magic Johnson's <laughs> autograph. And I don't know who signed that either. But, you know, so this was just like, a, th this is one of those situations where it was a glaring, you know, yeah, like, yeah. no way that's real. So I told him, and he, he knows I'm well-respected in the zone. And he goes, you know what? Just take it. Like, <laughs> just take it. Spread the word about that. Like, yeah. just you know, I don't even want to charge you. Like, that's insane. Yeah. You know, so he went from asking for 125, 125. bucks to <laughs> yeah. just take it, you know. So um, do, you, do you think he knew? I don't know, honestly. Like, I bought a number of things from this guy. Like, oh, you got me know. here, here. <laughs> just tell everybody that it's embarrassed <laughs> more so than anything else, honestly. Yeah. So he may not have known. Yeah. But yeah. it's like, he's seen a Magic Johnson autograph before. Yeah. Like, don't you realize, like, that that's not, that doesn't that's look funny. anything like it. But both um, both things yeah. are literally printed. It wasn't even a signature. It just says Jim Kelly in print. I know, like someone <laughs> wrote. Well, even... that's, that's, unfortunately, that's how the kids are signing stuff today. They they don't yeah they don't yeah. the cursive. They don't know cursive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, the cursive is a is a lost art. <laughs> but crazy. yeah, it's crazy. It's just literally printed. It says, the one says Magic Johnson. The other one's like <laughs> that is now John crazy. Yeah, I need to know about this Derek Jeter autograph baseball that you yes. got, man. Yeah, I know you you went and got that earlier on. So you got to tell us the story, yeah. the whole story, man. So one of the great things about kind of the convergence of my life at this point is I, I run a media company. I do a lot of video production and outside Internet things way beyond the sports realm, way beyond cards. But in the last few years, some of my friends in cards have been asking, wait a minute, can I hire you to do this or can I hire you to do that or can we partner up or you know, can you can you help me in these kind of different respects? And so one of those companies uh, that approached me is Arena Club. Arena Club is a new marketplace grading company. It's a mixture of a lot of things. But the big claim to fame that everyone knows about when they hear the name, if they've heard the name before, is that Derek Jeter is a partner there. So he's an mm -hmm. owner of this company. I was I was asked to do a video for the Dallas show to announce like the launch of this company. And as part of that, they invited me to their New York uh, actual launch party that took place at Yankee wow. Stadium. And so there was just a small group of us that were there for this. I felt kind of out of place because I was, you know, <laughs> like, I'm not even a baseball guy. But it, it was it was meant to be. It's like one of those situations where when you're in it, you're just like, I can't believe this is happening. I can't believe, like, all the pieces are coming together. Mm -hmm. um, but the story kind of dates back to 2014. It was the last, it's actually the last Yankee game I've, I attended right now, like in person, uh, was back in 2014. A friend of mine had season tickets and we would go a, a lot, like a lot of the time. He had great seats. I mean, 
incredible <laughs> seats. Eight seats on the Yankee dugout. I mean, wow. like on the first baseline, unbelievable. You could talk to the players. If you yelled something, they heard and they responded. Like I always thought, like, what are people yelling in the stands for? No one ever hears you. No, you they heard there. Wow. Um, so this one game I went to July 22nd, 2014. Derek Jeter was doing the normal kind of practice. He does this long toss with another mm-hmm. another member. He's known for it. Keep getting progressively longer. The guy's out in outfield and they're like throwing the ball. At the end of that, he tossed me the ball. And so I had this ball from that game. It's crazy, wow. you know, like, and it's not uncommon. Like I said, in that seating zone, like, cause they're walking back to the dugout. If you can make eye contact, you can say, Hey, so he tossed me the ball. Um, two years later, uh, I was on Steiner sports on, uh, on their website and they had a black Friday sale and they were selling game used bases, uh, signed by Derek Jeter. Oh, awesome. Wow. Um, and so I don't know how many they had, probably 50, a hundred, who knows? Like, I don't know how many they, they, they did right. with him, but whatever. So I, I bought one. Um, and I'm like, this would be great. A week later, this base shows up in the, in the mail is a random base. And I open up, it comes with a letter of authenticity and everything. I open up the letter and I'm reading the letter and it says that the base was used on July 22nd, 2014. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, wait a minute. That was the game I was at the last. I'm like, and I'm looking through my tickets and I'm like, that was the last game I ever saw Derek Jeter play in. I'm like, that was a game that he tossed me the ball. I flip over the base and on the back of the base, it's the first base. It's literally oh, the base sitting in front of me during that game. So I had videos that I shot on my phone of that game that I went back to. I'm like, oh my God, that's the base. So, um, so I, so this is the I'll show you guys the uh, the base first here, but this oh, thing's wow. super heavy too. Like it's like oh that's crazy. crazy. Um, so that's the game used base. You can see all the dirt still on it. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Here's a character, uh, Derek Jeter's autograph there. Um, super heavy. Like I had no idea how heavy like actual yeah. MLB bases were, but uh, it's massive. It's also big. I mean, but but the crazy part about this was uh, going to this event you know a few months ago at the launch of arena club i grabbed the ball that he tossed me in 2014 i tossed it in my bag he wasn't going to be signing like it was like i was told like it's not gonna and i said all right that's totally fine i won't ask i'm just gonna have it in my bag just in case you know serendipity falls and it happens and sure enough the uh, gentleman who had invited me into it he had talked to jeter's agent and he mentioned like he actually caught a ball from jeter once she goes oh my god he's like I'm sure Derek would sign it. And I'm like, <laughs> so, uh, so I came up, I told him the whole story and it was, it was incredible. So he signed the ball right over the practice sign. He's like, where should I sign it? And I'm like, you could sign it right over where it says practice. It's fine. It's part of the story, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, so he signed it. I, it's funny. I had a consult. We were talking about markers and stuff earlier. I had a consult with a good friend of mine um, from Florida who does, who, who only, who exclusively gets autographs on baseballs. And so, like, it doesn't matter if they're political people, celebrity. It doesn't matter. Like, right. it's always out of baseball. So I called him up, and I'm like, what What pen or marker do we use for this? You know, like, yeah. just in case I get I get the chance. Mm-hmm. And so it, I had the chance. I spent about five hours with Derek. Like, it was wow, crazy. Nice. Like, it, there was just so much stuff that was going on. We had a suite um, at the stadium. And so got to talk with him a bit. And just what a nice, down-to-earth guy. And he had... I, I really want to see more marketing around this coming with the marketing hat, you know, yeah. um, but 
he had a collection of his own cards that his mom collected. Like, so he wasn't collecting actively, but his mom was collecting cards of him as wow. my mom would have collected of me. Actually, here's a, here's, here's one of me right there. Um, that was my baseball. That's what my mom collected. There you there go. Um, but, but they were all lost in a flood. Oh. And it's crazy when you hear about that. In Arena Club, one of the things they do is they vault cards. And so when you send the cards in for grading, like they then vault them and keep them protected. And it, thinking just about that, like had his mom had Arena Club yeah. back when, yeah, they'd still have his cards. And it's just, I, I would love to see more marketing around that because I think it's such an important message. Um, you know, a lot of people I know aren't comfortable vaulting for one reason or another, yeah. or they're like me and they just want their cards around so right. that they can look at them every day. Totally get it. But there are, there are reasons to do it, you know, and, yeah. um, it's just pretty amazing. That That's definitely, you know, I'm down here. This is my man cave, but I'm in my basement and it has flooded before. So that's like my biggest fear. Something like uh, yeah. that happening. Yeah, that definitely. Now the, I guess the question is, did you get a gift bag from Derek Jeter? <laughs> <laughs> I did not. After a five-hour five so date, you didn't even I get, didn't get a drink. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't get a bar. I, you know, so. Um, but uh, man, what a nice guy. Though. I got to say, like, really, um, I've met a lot of folks. I, I worked in the music industry for, for a good decade as well and mm. met a lot of celebrity musicians. And, oh, wow. I mean, he just, um, he really, he, he had a great personality about it you know, and, and, uh, you know, just a good vibe. So that's awesome. Yeah. I don't think, I don't, I don't know many people other than sports fans that don't just don't like him. Cause he is Mr. Perfect that have many bad things to say about him. But, yeah. you know, but, I mean, you think about like, I, I was, I was thinking about this, like just even around the launch and when we were, when I was doing the video stuff for mm -hmm. them, like, I can't think of too many other people in the world in sports that are so well liked and he's not like the top of his game, right? Like he's not the best yeah. baseball player of all time. He wouldn't be like on like mm -hmm. crazy lists like that. You know, yeah. when you think about basketball, people talk about who would be the best spokesperson. Well, we want LeBron James or Michael Jordan. Okay, I get yeah. it, right? Derek Jeter doesn't have like that, but he is that guy. He's the yeah. guy that you would yeah. want to hang out with or want to meet or, yeah. you know, even if you don't like the Yankees, you don't, you don't care. You like, you respect him, you know, like yeah. he has that mystique. That's really cool, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You touched on it earlier where you do, you know, you sell your cards. And I got to tell you, the way you – you could tell you have the video thing going because your story sales on Instagram, they're top-notch. When you have Thank your you. story sales, nobody nobody touches you. I can tell you that right now. I let, you know, because you got guys that sometimes you can barely see the, the price tag and it's all blurry. But you have – you have a super nice graphics. Just talk to us about how that all goes down and the thought process behind it all. Yeah, so my, my whole philosophy is like – I never do anything half-assed, you know? Uh -huh. So if, if, if it's worth doing, it's worth doing in a quality way, like hundred percent all the time, you know, and, and a lot of that reflects in that kind of stuff. And I really appreciate, you know, appreciate the, the comments on that. It's just, oh, it's I, wanted, it's <laughs> I just wanted to do something that looked premium, you know, and, mm -hmm. and that piece actually started um, it's lesser known now because it, I, I haven't done it probably for over, it's been over a year at least. Mm -hmm. um, but I launched two Instagram accounts on a whim, just for fun at the beginning of, of COVID. Uh, one was called $5 cards, the number $5 cards. Mm -hmm. And then one was called $10 cards, T-E-N dollar cards, spelled out totally. 
And those two accounts, I was like, you know what? I had a Flickr um, mm -hmm. gallery. Like that's where I was storing a bunch of my five and $10 cards. And then people could go there and then they could email me and then they could tell me if they wanted something and I had to go pick them out. And then it was a whole process. And then I was like, I really liked Instagram for sharing my collection and stuff. I wonder if I just started posting $5 and $10 cards and just have a gallery there. And then someone three weeks after I post something wants it, they can just claim it and they can have it. Mm -hmm. um, I teased these accounts. I teased the, I, the $5 card account was the first one I did. I teased that one for about a week or two before I launched it. I had like maybe two, 300 people follow it before it had a single post. Mm -hmm. And when I tell you guys... I posted it, I don't know how many hundreds, a few hundred cards on there at least. Um, and none lasted more than five seconds. <laughs> a card went up, it got claimed. A card went up, it got claimed. I started playing around with it. I'm like, what if I post a card at three o'clock in the morning? Claim. Like, it didn't matter. It just, I didn't, like, it. And then so I started, like, putting up fun stuff. Like, I, I did bags of cards. Again, five bucks, you know, mm -hmm. what's inside? Who knows? It's just a bag of cards, <laughs> you know? And then, but people would like super claim that because it was like a grab bag, you know? Yeah, like, yeah, no, yeah. You, know? you never know what you're um, going to get. But every single one of those cards that I was, and I could probably show it on here, every single one of those cards that I was posting, I photographed in a way that made them look premium, even if they were $5 cards, you know? And that was my thing. I wanted to make sure that everything that people were were seeing there was that premium, you know, kind of outfit that you're used to with me in general. I also, this is my spokesperson, uh, had a, someone <laughs> hey, drawing Lincoln. Abe Lincoln, um, you know, spinning a basketball, because yeah. why not, <laughs> $5 bill. Um, but again, it came along with the branding idea. Um, but this is what, you know, this is what the cards looked like on the page. So you had stadium lights, you had like a court with my face on it, you know, and you had, um, you know, the, the, the card being very well lit. Oh, here's another Abe. This is my other, the dunking awesome. Abe. With the <laughs> dunking so, Abe. You know, but it was all branding and fun and, and I combined shipping for people too. So like it was just a flat shipping fee. So then mm -hmm. you could buy 20 cards and you only, you only pay $3 and 50 cents for shipping. So yeah. it made a lot of sense for folks, but it, it really worked well in those aspects. So I took that the design of that. And I brought it over into the story sales, which I do very infrequently. I'm glad you saw them. Cause I haven't done one in like, uh, yeah, it's been a while. Probably. It's been a while. You know? I, I would just check them out and just watch them. Like I thought they were cool. Like, I was, like some cards I might, I'm like, I'm like, Oh, these are awesome. Like some of these cards, I just like the presentation. I'm like, I got to get inspiration. Yeah, it's, it's nice. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate that. No, it's just like, that's, that's my collection overall. And that's like what I was saying earlier. Like I, I, I tell people like, I don't buy stuff to sell stuff. That's never my thing. You know, so I'll buy stuff for someone in particular. Like if someone's looking for something, that's like the only exception. But I don't buy stuff to throw it on my website as inventory. The stuff you see on my website is from my collection. It's mm -hmm. just been demoted in some way where either I could use a bunch of money. I'm selling my most expensive card of somebody so that I can free up some capital to put into something else I want to buy. Mm -hmm. Or it's, you know, like I said before, one of six cards or something that I have autographed by that guy. It's my least favorite. Might be your favorite still, but it's my least favorite in design or whatever it might be. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. 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 No, yeah. Like I said, it's cool. And you would even put up, like, you know, would say if it's PayPal, it's this much. If it's Venmo, it's this yeah. much. So everything, nobody had to worry about, oh, wait, what's the 3%? Well, the or it was all thing that there. people were yeah. trying. Yeah. Because it was just always like when everyone says net, it's like, well, then who's figuring that out? 
Right. You know, when someone says it's $5 net, like you can send it in, you know, goods and services, that's fine. But, you know, but make sure you're paying my fees. Well, how do I figure out what your fees are? Like, why can't you just <laughs> settle on a number and let me pay you yeah. through goods and services? Like, why is this a problem? You know? Yes. So I just wanted to make it super easy for people to understand, you know, like, and, and be transparent. Yeah. yeah. Sweet. Yeah. So let's talk about uh, roadshow cards and some of yeah. your other card business ventures. Yeah. So Roadshow Cards uh, is run by Jimmy Kentucky Basketball Cards, as he's known on on Instagram. Uh, Jimmy reached out to me. Um, man, I reached out to him. Maybe it was like three years ago or so. He was doing a video series. This is before he had stores. This is before he had a, a website. He was doing a video series. He was touring around. He was like your your main kind of like prime hobbyist, going to stores across the nation, buying cards, loving the hobby. So great. He would send care packages out to people. Like he knew you wanted something, but here it ends up at your door. Nicest (laughs) guy on the planet. Like you just, and he just loves collecting and appreciates that. So he was going out and he was shooting a video series, um, talking store owners and trying to spotlight these stores across the nation. Uh, The content was incredible. It was like on the ball. Awesome. Great. What it lacked was exactly the kinds of things that you guys have pointed out about my stuff it didn't have that polished sense Mm -hmm. you know he shot it on an ipad vertically from this far away you know (laughs) so you know so that it's really it was hard to see he'd do an hour-long interview with a store owner and it was just it was was too far and and he couldn't hear everything and it was just like Mm -hmm. man this content is amazing what he's talking about is amazing the people he's selecting are amazing the visual and the audio could be helped and so I reached out and a, and a, um, we didn't, we knew of each other. Like we both followed each mm-hmm. other and stuff, but, uh, a mutual friend of ours introduced, made the introduction and Jimmy and I spent like three hours on the phone talking about stuff. <laughs> and at the end of the call, he's like, you've been so helpful. I'm going to fly up to New York and take you out to dinner. <laughs> and I said, all right, man. So, <laughs> and I'm like, well, if you're flying up to New York, then I'm going to take you to, to the YouTube studios. Cause I had rights to the studios from, uh, I had a channel back in the day that, had millions and millions of views and so i still produce stuff with them so i was like look i can rent a studio with youtube we'll hang out there and i'm going to show you how to shoot these videos with your equipment uh and some equipment that i gave him but like <laughs> like i'll show you how to do it right you know and so we went there and he's like okay well if we're going to youtube then you know what about going to a knicks game afterwards and i'm like all right i can go to a knicks game so, then, so he it was like back and forth we're like what else can we do for you yeah yeah, you know, yeah. So, after um, the knicks game right yeah then you're like oh we'll do the empire state building yeah. we'll do the helicopter right. yeah it was you know it was crazy yeah. so um i know we should have done the helicopter but um yeah. he uh so it was great amazing experience he came up for a couple of days three weeks later he calls me up and he goes jonathan i I want you, I, I want to make something like really big. I want you to help me come up with a brand. I want you to, I know this is like, this would be so great. So he flew back up three weeks later uh, to my office in Connecticut. We sat down for a couple of days. We came up with the name Roadshow. We came up with the name Kentucky, Jimmy's Kentucky Roadshow was the original piece. We did a marketing whiteboard, went through all of the stuff that I know how to do in terms of like really pulling out the stuff, really creating a brand and identity that makes sense, that that reflects what you're looking to portray and what reflects what you really are. Like there are things about Jimmy that he wasn't even thinking about that it's like everyone knows this in the hobby about you and they love this about you. We need to make sure that we're getting that and we're incorporating that. So we built a brand 
and then we we did a we did a field trip to ESPN because that was another fun thing. It was like, why not? I had a friend that knew somebody there, so we're like, go to ESPN. We're gonna go see a big studio now. Um, you know, we've got to do something every YouTube time. and now ESPN. Yeah. We're gonna get you everywhere. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's it's all about experiences and those yeah. things. Just and then and having those unique things. Just it's it's awesome. So came up with the brand then. And then um, he wanted to launch a website similar to mine. He's like, can we, can you make me a website like yours where you're selling the cards and stuff and, and, and build it out? And I said, sure. So built the website for him, the original website, launched the brand. Um, and then he ended up wanting to open a store. And so the brand expanded to the store and then it expanded. Now it's going to be four stores. Um, there's sure. three that are open currently, one in, in Dallas or near Dallas um, called the Texas Roadshow. Uh, one opening up soon in California, one in New York. Yeah, I'm wearing the New York one now. Right. Um, one in New York. It's not in New York City. It's in Bronxville, New York, so north of the city. <laughs> and then the one in Kentucky that was the original. The original one is still the most awe-inspiring space <laughs> because he he actually he actually purchased the building next to his or rented the, the space next to his now. And he built a whole museum. So oh, wow. you, you walk through and you're seeing his memorabilia collection. It's like hard rock cafe on steroids. I mean, like, you know, you, you just think about what you see in a, in a yeah. space. Yeah. It's amazing. You know, he's got some stuff that's just unbelievable and you're walking through and you're seeing it all and you're close to it. It's amazing. And then the store, each store has some sort of inspiration from the locale. So um, in Kentucky, he's got the the floor from the Rupp Arena, the you know where wow. Kentucky yeah, plays. Yeah. He has the actual floor. You is his floor. Like <laughs> you walk on history in that. Place. Yeah. It's just wow. nuts. In the New York store, he's got the he's got the floor baseline there from the Brooklyn Nets built into a bar, a card bar. So you walk up and you see Brooklyn across the side, nice. and then he's got like a bar built on top of it. It's just sick. Uh, the California one's going to have a crazy, crazy one that I can't mention yet, mm-hmm. but it's good. I mean, actually it's taking the favorite. Hollywood sign and we're putting it <laughs> yeah. in. We're, we're taking it. Yeah. We're yeah. just a couple of the letters, you know, not yeah. a big deal. They but got the lion from uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Roars. It's in, it's in the Metro barn. Goldwyn lion. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. It wild. It's just so, so cool. And so I, I've, I built the brand around that for him. Yeah. Um, I still do the website design and, and all of the brands, all the sub brands and stuff. And just, you know, always looking out to make sure that they're as professional as they can be. Like that's the sense okay. that, you know, as you're building something as big as he wants to build it, you want to make sure that it's coming across in a really great way. I work with some other folks too. And it's, you know, and it's just like, I pinch myself some mornings cause it's, it, it's nuts to think about. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, for the past year, I've been doing a lot of work for Beckett. Um, you know, someone that I respected mm-hmm. since I was a kid, uh, always, I still subscribe to the price guide. I mean, 30 years later, I mean, crazy, <laughs> you know, yeah. they were looking to really come out at the, at the national and at mint collective was when I first started working with them last mm-hmm. year in a big way. And so I did the video that was shown at the national on these mega screens, these 20 foot wide, 10 foot tall screens these big video boards and working with them on that. And I've done several other video projects for them, like on social and things as well. Um, But just building those pieces out. Um, I work with a store called piece of the game, which is a a developing brand that's been growing out of New York. And he's got a couple of other locations coming as well that he's got some amazing aspirations that I'm assisting with too. So just taking stuff from my wheelhouse and like bringing it into these spaces as much as I can 
uh, to make it work. I'm a partner in a, in a sleeve company called Smooth Sleeves that, that the uh, inventor approached me originally and said, hey, I'd love to market these and figure out a way. And I went on my Instagram and demoed how cool these things are. It's just easier. They're super clear, but it's easier to get your cards into them without dinging the corners. And then it's easier to remove them from cases. Bro. So we're getting a patent for this thing. That's just a, a really <laughs> that's, that's, awesome. That's like a godsend. I, that's like my biggest fear. Whenever I, I got a dope ass card and I'm trying to get it in the mm-hmm. damn sleeve and it won't go in. And they, I'm like, ah. they are the they are the best sleeves. I'm seeing anything that I have here that I sleeve myself that didn't come like in the mail or something. They are the they are super clear, but the back is taller than the front nice. and they're okay. a little bit wider. And so when you put the card in, it just glides down. It's smooth, and it's just awesome. You, you know, just pull and right so, back out. Yep. And then the top has like a little bit of a tab then. Yes. So we, you know what the biggest problem when you got a top loader is thumbing the card. You bend yeah. the card right in the top. Yeah. This you can just grab the plastic. And yeah. it's not like a crazy long one. I, I've seen yeah, yeah. one. Yeah. 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 Long yeah. This, yeah. It's like this long thing that looks ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. no one wants this, you know, <laughs> something simple. So. Yeah. Wow. But yeah, it's just a lot of different aspects, a lot of different areas, you know, of the hobby that I've I've gotten to jump into on the professional side now as well. And it's awesome, you know, and it's just, I'm always happy to lend a helping hand and, you know, work with the brands I love. So, yeah. So I had the next question, but I'm scrapping that because as you were talking, something else popped into my head. Sure. So yeah, when you're, you know, you're doing this whole roadshow thing. And so a lot of the local LCS is here. They're still that old school. It's a mess in the store. It kind of smells funny. You know, everything is a little bit everywhere for you. What's the ultimate layout of an LCS? I mean, if one thing, uh, one thing that Roadshow has taught me just through working with this, and I mean, you got to look at every one of these things as a different experience. I mean, is what is what I would say. Um, and even within the Roadshow brand, none of the stores look alike. They all, I've always said, they they feel like Hard Rock cafes in a sense mm-hmm. that there's a consistent branding when you walk in the door, but then the memorabilia and everything that you're seeing is really more tailored to where you are. The the rest of the decor doesn't have to match exactly it's not a mcdonald's right you know like you're not that's not what we're dealing with there i don't have a favorite you know i really don't Uh, um i think each kind of serves its purpose in a different way piece of the game is the most premium looking store i've ever experienced Uh, the way i would describe it is it's like a high-end jewelry store Mm -hmm. all of the glass in the store is custom made it's like circles like Mm -hmm. half circle displays And everything is behind glass and everything is QR coded. So if you want a price on a card, you scan it with your phone and you get the price and it's up to date. Like you don't have to like sit there and have to deal with like, so they're, they're kind of combining tech with just kind of the only old school aspect there is like high end, like old school, high end mixed with modern tech is where where you're getting there. You got other folks like bleaker trading, you know, Mark does a beautiful job there with, with that space, but that space is different. It's not a store. Like he's, he's not built a store there. He's built more of a social club. Mm-hmm. So that that's one place that I love the couches. I love that they've got comfortable seating areas. I love that they've got the deck in the back when they're doing trade nights and stuff. It just creates a warm, welcoming atmosphere. And that's what I think is the most important. Like you should feel comfortable there. And what you described about the kind of the old school ones, like if it smells 
Why would you want to hang out there? You know, yeah, like, it's, they, I don't like, know what it is. It's like an old, like my, I, I just I picked exactly this my, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. my wife, she has, she doesn't collect cars. She, but the few times she's been into in with me in an LCS, she's like, this is a mess. And I, I, I feel I got to get out of here. She starts getting all, you know, and I'm like, yeah, I get that. I'm like, why don't they make these places a little more? So when mom takes little Jimmy to the store, She's not worried about all the trying to rush out of there. Yeah, yeah. She's like, you know, I can, you know, be cool. Like this, I don't know. I I was just, I was working with a with an with one of my LCSs here recently, talking about like how to create a seating area and how to Mm -hmm. to really focus in on those things for exactly that reason. So when the person that's accompanying the card buyer is there and having to wait, how do you make them comfortable Mm -hmm. so that they're not, you know. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's vitally important, but it's like the last thing that business owners think about, you know, like yeah. initially at least until they get complaints or they wonder why yeah. no one's coming back. Yeah, well, it's, I, I mean, know. a lot of them have been around so long, they don't even bother, you know, it's just. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, and it's, it depends what you're in it for yeah. and it depends what your clientele looks like. You know, if you have a store like that and you still have the same customers from 20 years ago coming in regularly and you don't care about new customers, more power to you if that's what you want to do you know, continue on that path. If you're looking to innovate, bring in, you know, kind of the new crowd. I think, look, I think Fanatics is going to do a lot in the crossover. I think at least they have a lot of aspirations to cross people over that were the customers that would watch the games. They would buy the hoodie or buy the hat. Mm-hmm. Didn't know about cards, never cared about cards. Didn't even know they were a big deal. Remember them maybe when they were a kid, whatever. Mm-hmm getting those people who are sports fanatics, you know, mm-hmm. pun intended to come over into cards. Now that fanatics will end up owning the market, I think will be a top priority. And I think they'll, they'll have at least some success with that. I mean, it's not crazy to think about somebody who is supporting their team through wearing apparel to, yeah. you know, want to have a card of their favorite player, you know? So it's kind of making that easy for them, I think, as well. Yeah, I mean, it's not like out of, you know, people know what card collecting is. It's not like some, you know, crazy off-the-wall type concept. Like, oh, I've never heard of that. They know it's out there collecting cards. So now fanatics can come in and, like you said, make it accessible to the public. And he's like, yeah, I never thought about that. I can get his jersey and I can get this one-on-one. Why wouldn't I, you know? Yep, exactly. And they can help that education piece. And I think that's that's what the LCS has done for so long. And that's what's so important, vitally important about the LCSs and why they need to exist and continue on as well, um, that we can't go totally digital in a world either. It's that handholding, right? Like you remember the first time you went into a card store, you opened your first pack of cards or your third or fifth or whatever it was. But you remember an early pack that you opened, that experience, the excitement you got when you found out that you had something big inside. One of my biggest Jordan cards in my collection was a uh, hot shots out of flair, which yeah. is like a $4,000 card. Now mm-hmm. when I pulled it, I remember like it was die cut and it was like <laughs> flame and it was yeah. like, and it was my favorite player. And I was like, I was kind of freaking out, but the store owner was freaking out even more than I was, you know? And so that, that kind of support like gets you excited. You, I think you don't really why... want that card. Do you John? Right. Yeah. Well, he offered me 125 yeah. bucks. For it, man, yeah. right? I didn't take it. it was the most I've ever gotten offered for a card though. And I was like, I thought about it a lot. I was yeah. like, I think that's a lot of money. I'm like, but it's my favorite player. And I pulled it. It's cool. Yeah. You know, but I think that's where the success of breaking has come in because breakers, good breakers get excited for you. And they give you a reason to get excited when you're sitting at home watching your pack being opened. It's that same kind of that it's, it's the closest thing to an LCS feel when you've got a good LCS 
but I still think, I mean, opening the pack yourself. Oh yeah. And the store yeah. owner freaking out with you when you're in the store yeah. is still. Yeah. Is but still I always, I always get a kick out of the, the, you know, the negative Nancy's that are, you know, act like you've been there before. Like if you pull the one on one or some rare card, you know, whatever, PMG green, something crazy. You act like, you know, like these guys act like you wouldn't be celebrating, jumping up and down, hooting and right. hollering. I'm not saying you got to take your shirt off and do anything crazy like that, right. but you're going to be celebrating. You're going to be like, yes, you know, and this... <laughs> we don't have that discussion very often, but like, I always thought that was weird too. the appeal of these guys that aren't wearing shirts when it's mostly a male audience watching. <laughs> yeah. It's the antithesis of what you would have thought, but weird thing, but, um. But on that topic, though, of like the one of one and stuff, my my daughter actually picked out a pack. I have this on my Instagram. It's just uh, it was an amazing uh, experience. She picked out a pack out of this box I got. It was the first pack that was picked. It's like, this is my pack. This is the one that I want. We opened it up. Inside was a one on one Luka Doncic. Oh, wow. <laughs> I mean, like yeah. insane. And like, the, and, and then my son is in the background going, one of one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And you can hear his voice on it. It's hilarious. Yeah. I should pull it up. Just so you I know. remember seeing that, and you were like, "Wait!" I was like, "Honey, wait!" Just you know, yeah, it's cool. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, oh, you got to check it out. But it's just yeah. like it was an amazing experience. Yeah, that, that's what the hobby's all about. And yeah. some people just they they want to suck yeah. the joy. You know, we call them kill joys. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. It's tough too now. Wax is so expensive in general, like it's way more than it ever was. Mm-hmm. You know, I try and explain to people, like when they're like looking at something, I'm like, well, I, you know, yeah, I used to buy these finest packs for three dollars a pack, and that was the premium pack. You know, like it's just like they're what? You know, like you paid three dollars a pack? Like, yeah, and well, actually, yeah, if it was hoops, it was only a dollar twenty-five. <laughs> you know, it's like what? You know, I feel like I'm like listening to my grandpa. You're an Irish, you're a Irish, you know. But it, the hamburger was twenty cents, you know. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but no, it, it is. It's it's that experience. And there's nothing like ripping cards and and hitting big, and you know, it's that gambling sense. And, and yeah, and, you know, it's just it's so cool. And um, I'm just hoping that there are. That's one of the things I'm hoping about fanatics and cards in general. Like even if fanatics doesn't own the world on it, I really want to see more of that kind of low end pack opening. Like one of the greatest sets. I've ever put together, it took me 15 years, was the 1996 Fleer autographic set. Mm, the first on-card autographs inserted into packs in basketball, in NBA lights and stuff. I know Scoreboard had stuff before that, but like in classic. But like this was the first set. It was iconic to me. I wanted the Grand Hill. Like that was like one of the big ones that I got early on. But like Pippen was in it, Garnett, all these guys. That set came out of dollar 25 packs dollar 50 packs you that bro that you know so and they were weird. rare like it was like one in 288 packs and some of the products one in 72 packs and other ones that you would hit mm-hmm. one so you could open two or three boxes and not get a single one uh-huh. yeah but you could hit one for you know as little as a dollar 25 yeah. you know and that's what i, I want to see that come back i want to yeah. see that aspect where there's where kids can go and and they save up five dollars they can buy a few packs and hit something big I'd love to see that. Yeah. Now, since Tony got to scrap a question, I'm going to scrap a question and ask. Now, you said you were in the music industry. Yes. All right. So I need to know what you were doing there. (laughs) And do you have any, like, pop culture memorabilia, like what it would be and and what's your favorite thing? I have – I have a lot of signed CDs. So I worked in, I did a lot of live music video production. 
um, okay. back in the day. So I worked with Maroon 5. I nice. worked with hmm. – I did a lot of work with them. Jason Mraz, Gavin DeGraw. I got to do a little bit of work with Lady Gaga, uh, really? John Mayer. Nice. Um, and then on some hard rock groups, Killswitch Engage, Seven Dust. It was a mix of just everybody. I got to do – backstage you know production at madison square garden which was like my dream as a kid i worked with z100 for a little while big yeah. radio station in new york city um for their jingle ball events and stuff I was invited yeah. back there to do stuff with with the artists and it it was it was crazy cool i do have some memorabilia again like most of the time i was getting cds signed because mm-hmm. um, that was the easiest thing to grab i have a gigantic backstage pass collection oh, wow. um, of several hundred that I amassed over the years. And I started trading some tour managers and stuff for other ones. Nice. I'm actually like, I'm like quietly trying to figure out if those will ever be able to get graded. I don't see why I not. That, I think it would be a cool, I mean, there's so much emphasis right now on tickets Right, and people are going into that. Beckett's going into ticket grading now. We, okay. we just did something with Micah Parsons recently mm-hmm. that was uh, was really cool, and and um, uh, he had you know two of the first tickets ever graded by Beckett. Uh, he got in a little bit early. He was at the Aaron Judge game, and Judge signed the tickets for him okay. at the game. It's just super cool. But they're going to be grading tickets. I mean, they already grade VHS and all these other things now. Too. Right, right, right. I'm wondering like. When do we get to see the backstage pass zone? Because the backstage passes, I wish I had some like handy. So the problem that I have with tickets, not to not to knock them, because they're, <laughs> they're still like hitting an event, you're at right. it. it right. There's something super special about the fact that you're there. The thing about tickets, though, is a lot, they're boring, most of them. Uh, unless you get season tickets where they have like cool right. graphics and stuff. Like, you know, if you're going to get Ticketmaster ticket or something, it's like pretty yeah. boring. Backstage passes a lot of the artists have a lot of input into the art that goes behind these passes. Mm -hmm. And they do everything from satin passes that are like stick on, they're like stickers, but they're cloth Mm -hmm. that are used, you know, for like one day that, so that that's, that's what a lot of people get if they're just at a show for one day, they're a VIP guest or, you know, they're part of the media or something. They get one of those. And then they have the VIP laminates that everyone always thinks about when you hear backstage pass, you know, they're laminated, you wear them on a, you know, cord and or if you're the artist you usually have it on your on your belt as opposed to up here but and those are like there's a really thoughtful design that goes into a lot of those things and some of them like are rips on other bands or they're like they'll they'll do stuff that's just (laughs) kind of crazy and out there so they're art in in a totally different way right um i think that would be kind of a cool i again the market is way smaller than tickets because they don't have that like yeah not many people have them yeah. You think about how many people come to an event with a ticket, well, bro. You got you, you already got the inside track on Beckett. You know, just I know. Like it's funny. <laughs> I haven't talked to them about it yet, but it's it. It was funny. I was thinking about it earlier today, and that's why I was top of mind right <laughs> yeah. now. But like, yeah. I was like, you know what? I could get a bunch of those slabbed because it would just be cool. Like I've got yeah. breaking news. Breaking stuff. news. Beckett is now grading. I bet they will though. I, I mean, I don't see why not. I don't yeah, see I mean, why they, they would grade everything them. else. I, that would be, that would just make sense, dude. And, and the rarity, you know, like you said, the, the tickets, pretty much anybody can get them when they go to a game, but backstage passes, man. Yeah. Not the many only people thing can that's actually, I will note about tickets. That's so that I didn't think about up until recently. A, a good friend of mine is, 
is a Steph Curry fanatic, and he huh? he flew around the country when Steph was going to make the three point record. Okay. He was going to every game, <laughs> and he when he came to the Garden to actually see it happen, huh? his problem was he wanted to have the ticket and then get the ticket signed. His problem was his tickets were digital. Oh. <laughs> And so, little known fact, most of the venues, if you have a digital ticket, if you go up to the box office, they'll print you one if you really want one. Because, like, I was like, I didn't even think about that. Like, all these people are just showing up with these, especially if you buy it aftermarket on Ticketmaster, you just get transferred in your account. You never physically have that ticket. Right. So, they might be coming more rare as we go now. So much of it's digital. But if you don't know that little tidbit, you're just going, you're scanning your phone and you're good to you yeah. know and you have nothing left we're gonna print it <laughs> let me screenshot this yeah that's yeah. wild so speaking of basketball yeah everybody who knows us knows we love our philadelphia 76ers definitely not a secret but what is a secret to some is that jerry stackhouse the former 76er plays a big part in the rarest card in your collection yeah so tell us about that card and what the heck Stackhouse has to do let with it. Let me pull it. It's actually in the case back here. So. Gotcha. This is one of those cases where I just very excited about the fact that I had an eBay save search for six years to find this thing. I had seen one in existence before that was signed by Michael Jordan. And, and I thought to myself, I never would have gotten that signed by Michael Jordan. It doesn't really add value to what it is. And you guys will mm-hmm. see why in a second for anyone that doesn't know what this is. But after that point, I'm like, if there's another one out there, I want it. I want it so bad. And so I had the safe search on eBay, and within an hour, or it was probably a few minutes of it getting listed, I bought it. I was just like, I don't care how much it costs, like, just getting it done. So this is the original card. This is the card that that most people have seen. I'll try and get a good light on it here so that we get it. So this is the the Jordan SPX 1996. This was the, uh, the SPX. This was... The first year they did SPX, these cards were one card per pack, guys. Like, it was stupid. <laughs> it was real. I mean, let's be honest. It was like, it was kind of dumb. You open the pack and you only get one card, which also made it hard for the card to be protected. Because think about that, the design of the pack. These are wax packs. Mm-hmm. And this card was not protected by a card in front of it or behind it. It's just mm-hmm. on its own. So, um, so they're, they're, I'm sure they're harder to grade in general. Anyway, so they have a hologram in there. You can see Michael Jordan. Mm-hmm. right there in the background right. of this but there was another version of it that was an error that got out that has your guy right there jerry stackhouse in the, <laughs> in the background instead i don't know how you screw that up my thought was somebody there had to have done it oh there we go Underneath. Yeah, there you can see, like, so Jerry Stackhouse is in the back. It's Michael Jordan in the front and a hologram yep. of Stackhouse in the back. <laughs> totally nuts. So this is only the second one I've ever seen in my life. Like I said, the first one, Jordan signed the card here uh, at a, at the Jordan, at one of the camp autograph signings. Mm-hmm. I don't know why you would have him sign over Jerry Stackhouse when that's the whole reason that this card is so rare. It was just like... It was, pro- it was probably Jordan. Man, what the hell is he doing, man? Let me sign over this. He don't there. deserve it to be on my card. Just get out of there. But <laughs> um, but it's cool. And, and you know, Beckett has the distinction on there, too, you know, showing that it's an error with, with uh, yeah, yeah. the Jerry Stackhouse hologram, that's which dope. is really cool to have that recognized there, too. Yeah, it's crazy when you, when you see, like, there's Jordan... Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's Stackhouse. I mean, it's just, and you guys remember, like, 
Jerry Stackhouse, you know, at the time, this he was the heir apparent. You know, like this yeah. is not. Yeah. This wasn't just some random guy. Like, yeah. Having Jordan and Stackhouse on the same card, I remember the Stackhouse's scrapbook card that had Jordan on it too. That everyone wanted. Like, Jordan Stackhouse on a card was a really desirable card. So the fact that this exists is nuts you know and so like i just i went after it hard you know and, yeah. and that's one of those things like there's there's certain things you'll find at a show i don't think you'd ever find that at a show but there's certain things that you can find on ebay if you have the right save searches yeah just, if you know what you're I, looking for don't be in a rush right like just <laughs> <There you go. laughs> six years six years i had that that search up you know wow just... is there any idea of how many are out there or like so beckett's graded two of them and uh, PSA, as far as I could find, has graded none of them. And the only other one that I've ever seen was that one that was autographed. Yeah. Hmm. So hmm. I don't know. You know, 10, 5? Yeah. I have no idea. And it's something that was like, what I liked about it a lot is like some error cards you go, oh, well, maybe someone fudged that. Or maybe like, like right. I'm sorry, there's no way that someone manufactured an SPX hologram card <laughs> with the die cut. No. You know, like it's yeah. not. So it's pretty awesome. It, I really just it's it's one of my faves for sure. Nice, awesome. nice. And that's a perfect way to come to a conclusion. And that's by getting some advice for new collectors or new people into the hobby. What advice would you give them to have the best experience possible? I always say I've been saying it for years. A lot of other people have picked up on this too. You collect what you love. That's what it's about. And enjoy what you're doing. You know, I, I said this the other day to somebody, but like we pick up these hobbies, like when you think about doing a hobby, you want to have fun. Mm -hmm. Like, and so if, if you're finding it frustrating, then you're either going after the wrong things or you're hanging out with the wrong people. I talk to many groups throughout the hobby and people that are like talking about the sky falling right now, <laughs> like within it are in one group, you yeah. know, and it's an echo chamber of all that kind of stuff. And the people that are like, this is the greatest time ever. I can finally afford cards again or in another group, you know, where, so I just, it's really pick your friends, you know, like hang out in the circles that you want to hang out with. And if you're feeling like you're getting stressed with it, take a step back. Like it's supposed to be a hobby. It's supposed to be fun. Yeah. If you're in this for a business, that's a totally different story. Yeah. Like if you're, if your livelihood depends on the cards that you're buying and selling, then forget everything I just said. I understand the stress. I, I you know, I, I can't claim that work can never be stressful. You know, like yeah. that's a different story. I mean, we're all in different situations with that. Hopefully it's not, but you know, if it is, it's, you know, a different spot, but if you're doing it for the hobby, just have fun with it. Collect the guys that you love. I always say like, if this stuff goes to zero, if it's not worth anything at the end of the day, it's still worth something to me. I'm still glad I bought it. I always ask myself a fundamental question whenever I'm buying a card, but I'd rather have the card or the money I'm about to spend. You know, that's it. That's all. The, that's all you need. And if, if the answer is the card, you buy the card. If you'd rather keep the money, keep the money. I approach trades the same way. I approach every deal that I do that same way. I'm also I, I'm I disagree with folks that feel like uh, in order for a deal to be a really good deal, both parties have to be uncomfortable. They both have to give something, you know, to make that work. I totally disagree with that. I think the best deals are when both people leave and go. I got what I wanted. This yeah. is amazing. I'm so happy we did that. And every deal I do, that's what I aim for. Um, you know, and it, it's not about a dollar amount. It's not about the, oh, I got the better card out of it. It's about what resonates with you. Right. 
you know, and what fits your collection. I buy some dumb shoe cards that no one else would want, but I like it because it goes with my shoes. I buy more Thomas Bryant cards than anybody on the planet, you know, but I like him as a player and I think he's, you know, like, so that's great. Brings me enjoyment. Pick the things that you love and stick with that. And eventually people tend to come around, you know, it's no accident. Like that, I liked Michael Jordan in the '90s. I'm not the only kid that liked Michael Jordan in the '90s, right. but there's always going to be somebody else that likes these players too. So if you did have to get out of them at some point, mm-hmm. you're probably you're probably okay if you really need to. Yeah, you, yeah. you would be surprised what people collect. You, you would think that you're the only person on this planet that would collect a specific person. Like I don't know why I just bought this, and then there's somebody out there that's crazier than you that would love that and p- would pay anything for it. So it's, it's crazy. Yeah. Yep. Hey, John. So we appreciate your time. But before we get out of here, yeah. uh, plug away, man. Let everybody know where they can find you, your content, and, and everything that you have going on. Absolutely. So Instagram is the main place for me at Basketball Card Guy, all one word. Uh, my website, basketballcardguy.com. I'm going to be evolving that website a little bit this year as soon as I get a chance. But right now, I do have some stuff that's available there. I do have a bunch of cards in my PC that are not available for sale, but People wanted to see them, so you can search by player name and stuff on basketballcarguy.com and see some stuff that I have that's rare or just kind of out there, uncommon things. It's kind of fun. I do have a YouTube channel. If you search for Basketball Card Guy, it comes up. I don't do a ton of YouTube stuff myself at this point, ironically, but I do post (laughs) all of the interviews that I do outside, so this will be there, too, on a playlist, so... Thank you guys so much. I really appreciate it. I mean, it's been a lot no, of fun. This is, this is fun, bro. John, we had an excellent time. This was great chopping it up. This was off the hook. Uh, and like I said, it's it's our my two passions. I love basketball and I love collecting. So, you you know, you take it to the next level. So we appreciate. And I'm definitely looking. Like, if you could send your carpenter or whoever you had hook you up uh, <laughs> down to my basement, my wife is like, listen, I don't know what you got going on in that basement, but we got to do something. And, and it's yeah. getting a little crazy down here. So I definitely need to sketch uh... it out. You know, like it's funny. I actually, I sold a couple of cards to fund this, mm-hmm. but like all said and done, I think it was about $3,000 for the That's whole thing, yeah. which bad. when you think about like, it was all custom and the, and the wood yeah. top and everything, like it's attainable, you know, and you just have to know what it is you're looking to do. You know, yeah. and, and my main goal up front was storage, was yeah. just like, yeah, yeah, because the, the, as nice as that looks, if I had a bunch of boxes in front of it, it doesn't look as nice anymore. <laughs> right. So, like, I need somewhere to put the boxes. And yeah. that's that's kind of the, the piece that if you make sure you get everything you want when you're doing something custom, but like, think about it a little bit right. and a- ask her, like ask another opinion, like she comes down, like, what is it about the space you don't like, you know? <laughs> All the stuff that you have, I don't like it. Just get it out of here. <laughs> All of it. <laughs> Sell it and give me the money. <laughs> yeah. yeah good. Hey, John, real quick. How yeah. do you decide if a card comes in or out of the showcase? Yeah, so they're on a rotation here. So it's mainly – and it's it's actually like I'm actually working right now to figure out. So like I'm at – my desk is like right in front of me here. I have a nine-foot-wide uh-huh. video editing desk that takes up uh-huh. like an enormous <laughs> amount of space in front of me here. In my old space, like, the desk was rotated a little bit more, and I could see the cards more readily. When I work, I'm kind of, like, here, so I'm not seeing them as readily as I'd like right now. So I'm actually starting to think about, like, even positioning to enjoy them more. But, yeah, I rotate out. Like, I have a case that's full of, like, celebrity autographs. It's just kind of fun stuff that I have in there. 
all the lighting in here is LED non-UV, and I even block out, like, I have a window here. Yeah. Oh, yeah, there's a window. That's blocked out with a blackout shade, so a lot of thought has gone into the aspects of the space. (laughs) Love it, love it, love it. Well, that's it, brother. We appreciate you coming on board. We know you're a busy man. You gave us more than an hour worth of uh, good entertainment, so we appreciate you, John. Uh, We definitely got to hook up. And you're going to be at the National, I'm assuming. Yeah, always. Yep. Excellent. We might see us a couple shows before that. But Now, that was fun and informative. The two things every podcast should be predicated on. Number one, the ability to make the audience smile. And number two, providing useful information. We want to thank my man, John, for coming on and sharing his experiences with us. He's a true hobby gentleman and a scholar. Make sure you give him a follow on IG at Basketball Card Guy, all one word, and tell him the cousin sent you. And make sure you join us live this and every Thursday night at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Become part of the movement. Call in or comment so you too can be kicking it with the cousins. See you there. And as always, keep focused, keep positive, and keep collecting. Ayo hey, Tone, Bring the beat back.